Chapter 12 The Sensual Mercus When gentle hands shook Kyla awake, she sensed that an entire night had passed. Her mind felt clear. It begins, Sense Rena said. What does? Your training. Kyla sat up and stretched. Her long time abed had left her stiff and weak. Rena helped her to stand. The girl who had brought Kyla's supper the night before stood by holding a black robe. Your gown, the girl said in a whisper. Kyla waved it away. I want my clothes. Sens Rena said, when the voluptuary says you may have them, they will be returned to you. Kyla didn't like being naked in front of these people, and she hated being told what she had to wear. Besides, she didn't plan on staying at the baths. She snatched the garment from the girl's hands and pulled it over her head. It was very sheer. I can almost see through it. And I can almost see through you, Rena said. There was no bitterness in her words. You are uncomfortable being seen? Kyla went to the door. It opened into a quiet hallway. Walls of brick, whale oil lanterns. Incense smoked in a niche next to Kyla's door, lifting a spicy sweet smell into the air. She went right. The sensual did not follow her. The doors along the way were unlocked. A few rooms were occupied. Two held boys wearing gowns just like Kyla's. They sat on the edges of their cots, eyes half-closed, mouths curled in slight smiles. Neither looked at Kyla when she barged in. The third room was empty, but there was evidence that someone lived there. A book, an empty cup, a spare, filmy dress. She opened the book. The Theb. The Holy Book of the New Pantheon. Kyla's father had read to her from it when she was very small. He taught her to read the stories, always admonishing her that the gods were an invention. She was to enjoy the stories, but not to believe in them. Once you start believing in things, you surrender your mind to them, father had said. Kyla left the room. The hallway ended here. She went the other direction. Rena stood in her doorway and watched as Kyla stalked past. More rooms, three more boys and two girls. None of them looked at Kyla when she walked in. They were all in the same weird trance. No windows. The sense of being underground bothered Kyla. She felt trapped. Nax, she sent. No reply. This stretch of the hall ended at the bottom of a wooden staircase. She started up, taking them two at a time. She heard Rena following, though slowly. The stairs opened into another hallway. More rooms. Some occupied, some not. Everyone was young and dressed in the same simple frock. The same incense burned in niches on this level. Another staircase opened into a high-ceilinged hall bright with sunlight. Two enormous circular stained-glass windows stood opposite each other. The one on the left is the sunrise rose, Rena said, stopping behind Kyla. You will enjoy its glories many times in the years to come. The one on the opposite wall is the sunset rose. Light flowed through the patterns of colored glass in each of the windows, filling the space with blues and reds and greens. Benches stood in rows before each of the windows. A wide aisle separated them. Kyla could only imagine what the windows must look like with a rising or setting sun behind them. Glorious, she supposed. The windows were ten spans wide at least. You'll notice there is no altar here, Rena said. Ori does not wish to be glorified. She wishes us to glory in the sensations of life. Soon you will feel the sensual mercus and know ecstasies both small and great. 
you will know that grief and pain and love and pleasure are all part of one great feeling. Kyla narrowed her gaze and regarded the handsome woman. The windows colored Rena's white hair a blur of orange and red. I'll not spend more time here than it takes to open yon door. A new voice rose in the room. When you can open the door, you may leave. It was the voluptuary. She stood in front of a tapestry on the rear wall. Kyla hadn't seen her come in. The woman still wore her robe of many layers. Three men and three women stood behind her, all in the same kind of robe. Two of the men were clean-shaven, and the other one had a thick gray beard flowing down his front. The women were dark-skinned, with flat faces and round eyes. They were from Iops, the island realm in the southern sea of Vichla. Kyla had seen few such folk in her life, so she was amazed to see three at once, all so similar-looking they might have been sisters. Kyla squinted. They were sisters, she decided. The voluptuary strode forward, hands clasped and resting against her belly. The sensuals of Ori do not like to take prisoners, but you are a danger to yourself and others in your current state. And what state might that be? Kyla asked. She eyed the door, then the strange group. They all watched Kyla with calm interest, all wore the same half-smile. Untrained and coming into the sensual Marcus on your own. The voluptuary removed something from a slit pocket in her robes. Kyla could not see what it was. The woman held the object in her fist. What am I holding, Kyla sigh? Are we playing at riddles? Stop with the cheeps. What am I holding? A magic ring, one that makes you invisible. The voluptuary laughed through her nose. The men and women behind her smiled at each other. What I hold is not from a children's story about dwarves and halflings. Use the sensual mercus, Kyla. See what I hold. Kyla considered making a run for it. With light coming in through the rose windows, she at least knew she was above ground. All she had to do was find an unlocked door, assuming she could reach one. Nobody present seemed to be armed, but that didn't mean they couldn't hurt her. The sensuals could use the mercus. She'd heard stories of the Towers of Flame the Donesmasters summoned in wars ages past. Perhaps those tales were exaggerated, but Kyla didn't want to risk a singeing of her nearly naked hindquarters. She ambled forward, squinting at the voluptuary's hand as if she was really trying to look. If you run, you will be stopped, the voluptuary's voice was a matter of fact. To support the claim, a figure emerged from the corner. It was Yika the Alnasi woman. She stood near the door, arms folded across her chest. Her scarf was down, letting her hair flow free. It was more gray than Kyla expected, but nothing in the woman's posture spoke of advanced age. The voluptuary raised her voice. The sensual Marcus, child. Do not name what you see. Merely allow your eyes to see what is. Kyla understood that last bit. That was how she saw metals, by relaxing her vision and seeing the world without naming what she saw. I don't feel it at the moment, Kyla said. You don't feel what? The thing where I hear everything and smell everything and feel like I've drunk one beer too many. The voluptuary turned her head slightly. Sends ghoul soy, if you please. The man with the white beard stepped forward. His round belly led the way. Veins stood out on the backs of his gnarled hands. 
there was strength in them. Given his stature, Carla imagined the man would be more at home wearing breastplate than these strange robes. Sen's ghoul-soy smiled at Kyla, lips pressed together, eyes crinkling. He spoke in a resonant baritone. The feeling you describe, it mean you resist, sensual Mercus. I don't resist it. It just comes over me when there's danger. Your mind too cluttered with thought. You do not command your attention. Ghoul-soy held up a thick finger. Danger focus mind. Allow sensual Mercus to rise. Kylas smirked and nodded at the voluptuary's hand, which still concealed some mysterious item. If you want me to do the metal trick, I'll need to get worked up about something. Maybe bring that Elnasi woman over here to beat me bloody again. Gulsoy did not react. He merely placed a hand on her forehead. Focus attention on my touching. Kyla let out a weary sigh. The man's hand was very warm. His touch was gentle, just as Rena's was. His breath whistled in his nose. He closed his eyes. A warm smell wafted from him, like Nax's fur after the cat had been lying in a patch of sun. You not focused, he said. Kyla rolled her eyes. I feel your paw on my head. What more focus do you want? Feel press of hand. Feel heat. My skin. Your skin. This is essence of sensual Mercus. Close eyes. Feel contact. Kyla closed her eyes. Gulsoy's hand pressed against her forehead, a patch of warmth covering both eyebrows and up to her hairline. There was a bit of give to his flesh, which was dry. You no feel lighthead this time, he said, voice a whisper. All senses awake. Now. You smell tea I spill on robes this morning. It was true. She did smell it. A blend called hard black, common in every starside kitchen. The smell became so strong that Kyla tasted the bitter brew on the back of her tongue. Here Mantra sends Rena recite now. There it was, as if whispered into Kyla's ear. The glories of flesh and spirit are the gifts of Ori. I receive pleasures. I give pleasures. I receive pains. I accept pains. Gulsoy's hand grew hotter, like the midday sun on her forehead. The filmy gown draping over Kyla's shoulders came alive, every thread caressing her where it touched. The stone floor was cool and rough on her bare feet. This was the zing, Kyla realized, but without the strange sense of space in her mind. This was the world as it was, unresisted. Voluptuary has what in hand? Gulsoy whispered as he pulled his paw from her head. Kyla turned her eyes to the woman's hand. She allowed her vision to relax, and finally it did. There was no woman before her, just shapes and colors and sounds and smells, unnamed. This was the voluptuary as she was. Metals sprang into view, glowing as bright and colorful as sunlight passing through the sunrise rose. The sensuals behind her wore no metal save their hairpieces, which were silver. The door across the hall had iron hinges and a strange latch that glowed blue. Kylie did not recognize what alloy it was. The thin metal binding that separated sections of colored glass in the two rose windows hazed darkly with the distinct Mercus signature of lead. Through the walls, shining dimly, were the downspouts of neighboring buildings. Kyla looked at the voluptuary's hand. 
the small object she concealed glowed white. A high-pitched resonance accompanied the glow, like a small bell infinitely ringing. Kyla stepped closer, then closer still. What do I have in my hand? The voluptuary asked. It is a ring, Kyla said. I don't recognize the metal. The woman opened her hand. The glow intensified the closer Kyla got. The bell-like resonance grew louder. Take it, child. Kyla held it up. It was heavy, considering how small it was. What is this metal? Kyla asked, enraptured by the beauty of the glow and the pure tone of its resonance. No one knows. Another voice rose, this one female and accented with the slurred way of Iops. The wood voluptuary. The woman took the ring from Kyla's hand and put it in her pocket. She removed another object and concealed it in her hand. What do I hold in my hand? Kyla looked, but she only saw the shape of the woman's aged fingers closing in a loose fist. I can only see your hand. The voluptuary put the object away and brought out a flask. What is in the vessel? The flask was pewter. Something caught in her mind as she sought to see inside the flask. An instinct, more than a thought, told her not to seek the same sort of cue as she received from metals. She closed her eyes and inhaled through her nose. All the smells of the room came to her, each distinct. She could focus on Gulsoy's tea stain, or she could focus on the voluptuary's breath, which told of fruit, apples. The flask was sealed, but it didn't matter. Kyla smiled. Trez, I never would have thought an upright lady such as yourself would imbibe the loose juice. This brought snickers from the others. Well done, Kyla sigh. Now, if you want to leave, open the door. Still full of the zing, Kyla went to the door. Ika stepped aside, though she did not seem happy to do so. Using her Mercus vision, Kyla saw the latch was a simple bolt mechanism inside the doorframe. The tumblers of the lock were lined up in a barrel embedded to the door, but there was no keyhole, and a thick door it was. She counted at least fifteen tumblers, though there were several gaps where a tumbler appeared to be missing. You perform Marcus' feet, Gulsoy said from behind her. Not simple, but you have strength. Carla had no idea what he was talking about. She could see metal and sniff out liquids, maybe, but using the Marcus? That was the domain of don'tsmasters, not cheapskate thieves. And yet, something thrilled in her at the thought of doing it. Who was she to tell these people she couldn't unlock a keyless door if they thought she could? Except she had no idea how to do it. I do not expect you to succeed, the voluptuary whispered, merely to show you what you must learn. Kyla went closer, placed a hand on the door. It was heavy, oak. The surface was smooth with varnish, the surface cool. A brass handle jutted from it. Four mighty brass hinges, each plate as thick as Kyla's pinky, connected the door to a wooden frame set into the stone wall. Kyla knew locks. Wen kept their father's pick set, not that it would help her here. Despite her frustration with being made a prisoner, she realized with amazement how easy it would be to pick a normal lock if she learned to access the Mercus vision at will. The vision was needed here, too. One would have to see the tumblers to move them. Kyla? Nax's voice broke into her thoughts. 
The cat was very far away. I'm here. Where are you? The sewers. I found Lop. I'm glad you were awake. Me too. I was sleeping like Mela in the egg. You were dark. A hand pressed onto Kyla's shoulder, turning her. Gulsoy, come. You train now. Kyla pulled away from the man and turned back to the door, pretending to study it. There is a way out, Kyla sent. It's a test of my skill with the Marcus. Nax took a few seconds to reply. Then I will not expect to see you for a long time. The longing in Nax's sending made sadness bloom in Kyla's chest. Nax sent, Henley and Huff were going to rescue you, but Huff says Henley was captured. Captured? By who? Nax didn't answer. A feeling of emptiness came through the connection. Absence. I miss you, Kitty. I'll get out as soon as I can. How is when? He has used up his medicine and coughs all the time. Fallow seeks Fentasong. Good. Do you have any idea where she is? Fallow has tracked a rumor to people in the sewers. The Thinnies? Yes, them. Be careful, Naxie. They cannot be trusted. Who can be? A fair enough question. And in truth, Kyla did not trust Fallow would find Finta, certainly not if they had to deal with Thinnies to do it. The boy was a runaway and not wise to the ways of life, not compared to her anyway. She dropped her chin slightly and whispered, knowing the voluptuary would hear, I need to leave now. I showed you the door, the voluptuary whispered back. Open it for me. My brother needs my help. He will have to look after himself. He has those two boys. They have their cats. The ache in Kyla's chest flared hotter, more anger than ache. One of the boys knows where your sister is. Not exactly true, but Kyla didn't think she owed the voluptuary the truth. Tell me. Kyla turned and spoke clearly. That isn't how deals work. I give you something of value, you give me something of value. You want me to release you. But your safety is more important than Finta's. It is more important than your brother's health. The voluptuary's voice did not betray any concern for her sister. Maybe she was putting on a good face for the others. My safety is my concern, not yours. The voluptuary whispered, but Kyla's zinged ears heard the words clearly. I cannot let you fall into the Hargoth's hands. You'll end up in a cell bound to a Mercus chain, earning your supper by powering the Mercus lights for a radiant in Christenside. If you're lucky. Kyla knew that the Way of Till provided such services to those wealthy enough to pay, but the acolytes themselves, she assumed they did it out of devotion to their way. I can see the confusion on your face, child. Why would the Way of Till waste the Mercus talents of even one person to create light for a rich radiant? I'll tell you only that there are reasons. None of them concern you. Send Yika then. Kyla whispered. With her help, Fallow might get Fenta free. The boy would hate having to cooperate with Yika, but he might not get killed if he had the Elnasi woman's fighting skills on his side. I don't send Yika anywhere. I explain my needs and she decides whether she can and will help. Yika's face was hard, eyes narrow. Kyla knew the look. Yika had not heard the entire conversation. That meant she had not followed the whispered portion. She did not have the Mercus. Interesting. Kyla turned toward the Elnasi woman. The voluptuary's sister has been snatched up by the Thinnies. My friend has the trail. 
The woman's chest inflated as she drew an angry inhalation. Yes, she was loyal to the voluptuary, and she was incensed that someone would kidnap the woman's sister. I cannot ask you to go, Yika, the voluptuary said. It is not a matter for the way of Ori. You need not ask. I go. Her eyes shifted to Kyla. Tell me. Kyla sent to Nax. The woman who beat me like a Tilsday rug thrashing is coming to help Fallow find Finta's song. Tell him to meet her at the Cherry Hill sewer grate. Tell Fallow to let her help. Fallow says no. Tell Fallow I said he can sleep in the roof of the warren. Fallow says he will meet her at the grate. Gulsoy was smiling, his beard hopping with a silent chuckle. You talk to Cat? Kyla wondered how the man knew. A question for another time. Fented needed Yika's help now. Yika, there's a sewer grate at the bottom of Cherry Hill. It's in an alcove behind the inn. The woman nodded and marched away. Kyla watched with great interest as the deadly woman descended the stairs Kyla had come up. So, there was another exit that way, somewhere. Using her Mercus vision, Kyla followed the woman's blade, which shined with a bluish-white light of its steel. Kyla wanted to run after and see how Yika escaped the building, but the voluptuary's followers had moved to bar the stairway. It pains me to say it, but you folk aren't slow in the brain, Kyla said. Do you think you are the first novitiate to realize there is more than one exit from this place? Gulsoy chuckled again. I went on roof, made robe from bed linens, tied on Ori's mark, fell. He made a whistling noise and plopped his hands together. And I found him on the street below, the voluptuary said, smiling at the reminiscence. Broken leg and a bloody nose. Spent ten-day penance. Wash clothes, scrub pots. Kyla smirked at the voluptuary. There's no chance in Kill's kitchen that you were the voluptuary back then. I'm no fresh-hatched Atlan child, the voluptuary said. Kyla had the distinct feeling the woman was making sport of her. Kyla decided not to reward such behavior with looking as embarrassed or confused as she felt. I won't try to escape, Kyla said, if you promise my clothes and my coins and my blade are somewhere safe. They are safe and will be returned to you the day you open that door. Something about the promise bothered Kyla. It struck her then. I am going to say something that'll probably get me into... I'm going to say something that's... I'm going to say... I'm going to say something that'll probably get me... I'm going to say something that'll probably get me into it deep. But I can't help it. I'm my father's daughter. Out with it, the voluptuary said. I reckon not a one of you can open this door. This brought a humorless smile to the voluptuary's face. The, the women and men behind her. The women and men behind her lost their half-smiles. Gulsoy, I leave her in your capable hands. The woman departed through a door Kyla had not noticed before, as it was hidden behind a tapestry. The three iop the three iopses. The three iops oh. The three Iopsy women trailed after her. The remaining two men descended the same stairs Yika had gone down. That left Kyla alone in the hallway. That left Kyla alone in the Rose Hall with Gulsoy. That left Kyla alone in the Rose Hall with Gulsoy. He clasped his hands behind his back. The humor had drained out of his face, replaced with the serious mien, replaced with the serious mien of an impending lecture. 
Kyla was already bored with it. You plan sneak out? You plan sneak around promise, Gulsoy said. Marnie heard every lie before. She know. You try, you try leave first chance you get. Who's Marnie? Voluptuary. We know Vichyets together long time ago. Partner. You have partner too. Together, partner practice lesson. Together, you live. Together, succeed or fail. Together, reward or punish. Kyla did not like the sound of this at all. I work best by myself, said Gulsoy. You have team of thieves. That's different. Gulsoy dropped the subject. Sensual Mercus eludes you. Why? I feel it right now, she said, unwilling to concede his point, correct though it may be. Sensual Mercus fade. You know focus when you want. He flourished his hand and a gold skillet appeared in his fingers. He smiled at her eyes brightening. Ah, now focus easy. Kyla liked the look of gold, especially coins. That would pay off Parla Odak. It would buy Wen his medicine. The man moved the coin back and forth. Kyla watched it. Your attention awake now. You starve and see bread. You starve and see bread. Greater awake. You starve and see bread. Greater awake. Kyla saw the truth of what he said, but she still was not willing to grant any part of his argument. She knew cons who tricked people into giving their money away using the very same technique. Tricky words were kill's tongue in men's mouths. The coin went back into the folds of Gulsoy's gown and came out, <clears throat> and out came a wooden stick, a twig off a tree. This, uh, this object? Boring, Gulsoy said, waving it around like a fairy tale wand. Until I make interesting. Light bloomed from the end of the stick, white and piercing. Kyla stepped back, shielding her eyes. Kyla stepped back, shielding her eyes with her. Kyla stepped back, shielding her eyes with a hand. The flare of light faded. Kyla blinked, still seeing a blotch of color. The sensual Mercus, Gulsoy. <coughs> the sensual Mercus, Gulsoy said, tapping the stick on his palm. I teach you. Someday. First, you learn focus attention on boring thing. How does this make... How does making light help me unlock that door? The man nodded slowly. The man nodded slowly. Open door harder than make light. But same thing. Focus. Focus center of all. Call it sensual, Mercus, because must focus senses. Kyla caught the thread he seemed to be dangling. Light is focused sight, isn't it? And hearing? Can you make sound? Light is focused sight, isn't it? And hearing? Can you make sounds with the Mercus? A bell rang high up in the room. Indeed. Gulsoy was panting. Indeed. Gulsoy was panting now. He drew up two layers of his flimsy he drew up two layers of his flimsy gown and mopped his glistening forehead. Kyla was glad he had several more layers to keep himself covered. And odors? You smell terrible things when novitiates learn skill. Pranksters? Create smell not only create smell not only things sensual Mercus do. He clamped his lips together and closed his eyes. 
Sweat beaded on his face, ran down his nose. His breath whistled in and out like a man carrying a great weight uphill. Kyla felt herself soften toward the man. He had a nice face, she thought. She, he had a nice, he had a nice face, she thought. Grandfatherly. She had never known either of her grandfathers. She hadn't known her mother either. She had a sudden urge to hug Gulsoy. He opened his eyes. You feel warmth, affection, aspect of smell, few know. Use Mercus attention. Aspect of smell, few know. Use Mercus attention. Notice now. The glow of the glow of metals had the glow of metals had faded, but Kyla's heightened senses. But Kyla's heightened senses remained, the zing without the lightheaded feeling. She breathed in. Gulsoy smelled soapy, and the tea stain still had that bitter edge. Nothing different. Relax, smell. She caught on. It was like relaxing her vision to see the metals. She needed to stop naming the odors around her. She closed her eyes and tested the air. There was something else there. An odor but not one that smelled like anything. It smelled like a feeling. A charm. Now that Kyla knew it was happening, she felt some of the... <clears throat> now that Kyla knew it was happening, she felt some of the affection recede. Gulsoy was just an old man, and one she was not happy to be too near. If he could create that feeling in her, what other feelings might he be tempted to plant? No fear, he said, sensing her trepidation. Cannot make you feel what you no feel. Mercus allure, very subtle, awaken what already there. Kyla backed away, still not trusting him. Don't use taste on me, or touch neither. Touch difficult, I too tired. He raised the stick again. Touch focus heat, or sap heat. Touch make pleasure, make pain. Touch move object or hold object firm. Very powerful, very difficult. If Gulsoy was this exhausted from his demonstrations, if Gulsoy was this exhausted from his demonstrations so far, it meant unlocking the door might be beyond his abilities entirely. So Kyla had been right. Great feat requires, great feats Require many practitioner. All work like partner. You have task now. And that is? Explore. Learn escape not possible. After, return to bedroom. Find partner there. You're telling me to escape? No. I tell you to try. Else, you too distracted by escape thought. Cool, so I didn't wait for her to agree before going to the tapestry. Try follow. With that, he pulled aside the tapestry and passed into the dim hallway beyond. The hanging fell back into place, the depiction of Till Barry <clears throat> The hanging fell back into place, the depiction of Till burying the boulder on his back, rippling like the surface of the sea before falling. <sighs> the depiction of Till burying a boulder on his back, rippling like the surface of the sea before finally falling still. Kyla reached the tapestry in three long strides. Grasping the edge, she pulled it back. No hallway, just smooth stone wall. She wrapped it with her knuckles. Solid. She searched the base of the wall for a latch. Nothing. 
Relaxing her vision, she sought out the glow of metal. A faint glimmer of brass shone through the wall. A sconce, she guessed. So there was a hallway there. It had to require some trick of the Mercus to get through, just like the door. She moved back to the center of the Rose Hall. It was very still in the great hollow space. Too still. With her senses enlivened, she could hear activity on the street. <clears throat> With her senses enlivened, she could hear activity on the streets outside. The glass of the rose windows was not so thick as to block it all. So that's how it is, she said to whoever was listening. Silence things, silencing things to hide secrets from me. Someone was listening, she knew. Maybe one of those Iopsy ladies. If they all could go into the zing whenever they wanted, she assumed they could do it all the time. She assumed they'd do it all the time. They had certainly done something to create this unnatural silence in the hall. I'm going downstairs, she called, then started down the steps. <laughs>